Worry less and connect more with crime prevention security systems. View cameras at your home or business or prevent package theft with their doorbell camera. Crime prevention provides security and life safety with affordable packages and an easy-to-use app that gives mobile control of your home or business. Get a text notification when the kids get home from school or be notified if you forgot to set the alarm when you left. You can even get a notification if you didn't close the garage door. For home or office, crime prevention can do it all. Contact your local team at Crime Prevention Security Systems. Winners are the best of the best in Gainesville and the Ethics and Business Award. Crime Prevention provides security and life safety with affordable packages and an easy-to-use app that gives mobile control of your home or business. For home or office, Crime Prevention can do it all. Winners are the best of the best in Gainesville and the Ethics and Business Award. Trust the team at Crime Prevention to secure your home, family, and business. They're large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Picked up by the Gators at the 35. Touchdown! Welcome to Inside the Huddle with former Gator QB Shane Matthews, WRUF Steve Russell, and the Hall of Famer, the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. The Gators have won the ball game on a bomb! Inside the Huddle is brought to you by Crime Prevention Security Systems and Titan MRI. Now, let's head to the studio with Shane, Steve, and the HBC, Steve Spurrier, on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Now, I can tell you there's a little extra buzz here in the studio today for Inside the Huddle because it's Florida, Georgia week, and we're going to tell you all about that. Get some memories from Coach Spurrier and Shane. Look ahead to the big game and some of the other big games coming up uh, around the country. I'm Steve Russell alongside Coach Steve Spurrier and the Gator QB Shane Matthews. Jake Hitt is producing today. Welcome to our Inside the Huddle show and podcast for Florida Georgia. Let me start by asking you guys, you played in this game, Coach, you played and coached in this game, just some memories of, of this Florida-Georgia rivalry for y'all. Go ahead, Shane. Well, you know, for me, I didn't quite understand what the rivalry is all about growing up in, in Mississippi. Uh, and I didn't really understand what it was about until that guy became the head coach because he stressed in his first meeting, we're going to find a way to beat Georgia. And then uh, I was fortunate to play in three of these games and uh, never lost. My favorite game was in 92. Uh, they were a much better team, highly favored over us, and somehow we won that game. Uh, but it's 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 such a special game because at the neutral site, there's only one other, one other game, the OU-Texas game, and I've been to that one. And it's it's a great atmosphere, but there's nothing like when you come across those, the river on one of those bridges with all the people tailgating and the stadium and you know split in half. It's just great for college football. Yeah, Steve, I tell you what, Georgia Week was uh, crucial uh, if the Florida Gators want to win SEC championship. And historically, until 1990, uh, they would always beat us. They always beat us when the championship was on the line. And when we had a chance to maybe knock them out, we didn't do that either. So I think somebody studied history and said Georgia has won every one of those with the title on the line. But anyway, uh, we changed it around. We had better players than they did in 90 and 91. And the 92 game, like Shane said, uh, we had two freshman offensive tackles playing, Reggie Green 
Levine, Jason Odom. We were a little light, but that didn't mean anything. Our, our guys were ready to play, and it was probably the best Georgia team in the 12 years that we faced was that 92 one. But anyway, we managed to beat them 26-24, so that was, that was still my favorite win also. And not only that, but the same uh, day, South Carolina upset Tennessee. They beat them, so that meant all we had to do was beat Vandy next week, and we were going to win the first-ever Eastern Division Championship with a right to play number one Alabama, which we almost got. Didn't quite work out. But, uh, again, that was my favorite one. And uh, our guys always look forward to this one. Uh, this is a, a, a game against a team that used to own us. Georgia used to own us. That's all you can say. They did. Uh, but they don't own us anymore. Now it's pretty even. It's going to be a good even match this, this coming Saturday. By the way, if you're watching, a uh, little Spurrier's restaurant uh, paraphernalia here we're all wearing. And, uh, Steve, I know you had uh, a signing the other night uh, over at Celebration Point. How'd that go? I tell you, I didn't realize how many people at Celebration Point all the time. <laughs> yeah, we were out there last week. It was a big throng uh, walking around and so forth. Uh, Pat Dooley and Jeff Cardoza had their radio show out there. And it was just a bunch of people. I think I signed a hundred of these visors in, in about thirty minutes. So it was it was a nice evening, and uh, yeah, we can't wait to get that restaurant cranked up uh, in June of next year. And uh, I'd be remiss before we start talking into Florida, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, when you were on the show with me, you were in San Francisco because the 49ers honored uh, the 69 team, among others. So how was that for you? Yeah, Steve, uh, Jerry and I, oh, two weeks ago, I got this notice about this is the alumni weekend, and they invite all former players back, and they honor a team that played 50 years ago, the 69 team. And I told Jerry, I actually played a few games that season. In fact, I figured out we, our record was four, eight, and two, and I played in two of those four wins. So I'm going to brag about winning at least <laughs> half. I won at least half the games for us that year. But uh, good to see John Brody. John had a stroke about 15, 20 years ago, but he's doing well. So it was good to talk to him a little bit and a bunch of the other guys. Some of my other uh, teammates that played with me back then have not done well uh, physically and so forth and couldn't make it. So I, that was sad to see. And football, uh, it, it can tear you up if you don't watch it, especially when you get into your 70s and so forth. So uh, I'm thankful and uh, I say all the time, thank you, Lord, that I was a backup quarterback. You don't, you don't get hit too much as a backup quarterback, right, Shane? That's right. That's for longevity, those backup quarterbacks. And you've got a chance to see a 49ers team now, Coach, that's playing great football. Oh, i tell you what, they clearly are the best team in the NFL probably right now. Anybody that's watched them play, their defense is outstanding. Uh, Nick Bosa, that defensive lineman, nobody can block him. I think he had, what, three or four sacks and an interception Sunday. And the whole team, though, and I tell you what, it's it's interesting, Shane. These guys play like a bunch of college kids. They all like each other, and they're a fast team. Man, their defense flies all over the place. And offense, uh, one of their receivers, Debo Samuel, uh, we had him at South Carolina. We recruited him there. Good to see him. He came out and gave me a big hug, all sweaty, after the practice <laughs> the day before. But Debo had a little touchdown run on a play we might draw up a little bit later, sort of a, a play I've never seen before. And uh, he went about 20 yards on a, just sort of like an inside trap play. We'll draw that one up a little bit later. Okay. Well, we're going to, since there was no game last week, uh, we're still going to do a play of the week. It's brought to you by Campus USA Credit mm -hmm. Union. Put some star power to work in your financial life with Campus USA Credit Union. Shane's got the play of the week. Well, the play of the week to me, you know, watching a lot of college football, this, this, there's some upsets, but Kansas beat Texas Tech on a, well, they had a field goal attempt 
uh, about a 30-yarder to win the game with no time left. It gets blocked. Texas Tech picks it up. Their guy's running around, goes backwards, and turns around and just pitches it to no one. Well, Kansas falls on it, and uh, somehow there's some some time left or what have you, and uh, one second left, and they kick it to win it. So I believe that was Kansas' first Big 12 win in quite some time, or maybe just beating Texas Tech, but it was the way it all unfolded was Mm -hmm. amazing. Good, Good day for the state of Kansas. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, We'll talk more about that in a minute. We'll take a break and come back much more. We're going to get you ready for Florida-Georgia, go around the SEC a little bit. Some questions for Steve Spurrier. We'll give those too. Stay with us inside the huddle. Crime Prevention Security Systems has provided security and life safety to families and businesses in Gainesville and surrounding areas since 1975. Their mobile app makes security and home automation easy to use and affordable. With fast access to lighting control, doorbell cameras, and thermostats, crime prevention and security, and so much more. Contact them today, 352-376-1499 or cpss.net. Hi, this is Steve Spurrier here, and I have some wonderful news for the Gator Nation. Our new restaurant, Spurrier's, is opening at Celebration Point in June of 2020. Spurrier's is going to be a restaurant to come to celebrate Gator victories, anniversaries, birthdays, whatever. There's no better place than Celebration Point in Gainesville. Spurrier's is going to be a one-of-a-kind restaurant with an exciting atmosphere and wonderful food. I'll see you at Celebration Point where the Gators come to celebrate. I'm Steve Spurrier, sometimes called the head ball coach, and I'm here to tell you I got the SUV that I drive from Davis. Yeah, Coach, the word is out, and everybody is loving what's going on at Davis, Gainesville, Chevrolet, and Palm Chevrolet down in Ocala. I stopped by each of the dealerships last week and saw tremendous deals all over the place and also all over the place, orange and blue. What's that mean, Coach? If you bleed orange and blue, Davis is the place for you. Davis Automotive Group, the official hometown automotive partner of the Florida Gators. This is Jack Fine at Fine Farcash and Parla Piano. Have you been in a car accident or injured because of someone else's negligence? Let our local team of trial lawyers find justice for you. With more than 100 years of combined experience, our firm has the resources necessary to fight for people just like you. We go up against billion-dollar insurance companies every day to get you the compensation you deserve so you could focus on your recovery. Find Farkash and Parla Piano. When life changes, we're there. Offices, Gainesville. Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. At Titan MRI, you'll visit the only locally owned and operated MRI imaging center in town. Call them up. Start feeling better today. That's TitanMRI.com. Welcome back to our Inside the Huddle podcast. Time now for Question of the Week. It's brought to you by Davis Chevrolet, the official hometown automotive partner of the Florida Gators, Real Gators. Drive Davis. And don't forget, if you have questions for Coach Spurrier, you can send those questions to questions at InsideTheHuddleHBC.com. So here we go. Uh, first one, Steve. Matt in Orlando says, we've recently seen ranked teams lose to unranked teams, particularly Wisconsin and Oklahoma. During a, your time at Florida, you lost to an unranked team twice during your 12 years. How would you get your team motivated to play in a game where on paper you had the superior talent? Yeah, sometimes uh, 
sometimes you lose. <laughs> sometimes, even though you think you're well prepared and it just doesn't uh, go very well, uh, somebody drops a ball or misses a block or this, that, and the other. So you don't win all the time. The key, I think, and uh, and that's why I want to congratulate Tiger Woods today. 82 wins. To me, that's bigger than the majors because every time you enter a tournament, you're trying to win. And uh, Tiger's done it better than anybody. 82 wins. He's tied Sam Snead, and he'll probably break it here pretty soon. But consistency, winners uh, over the long run. To me, those are the guys that uh, should be respected, and that's why Bill Belichick is so well-respected and so forth. So if we only lost two to unranked teams, they were Power 5 teams. I know that. I know they weren't uh, outside of that. So uh, anyway, we just, sometimes you just get beat. Uh, Aaron in Atlanta, coach, says, you like to use the Emory and Henry formation at Florida and South Carolina. Can you explain the formation, its history, and explain what you liked about it, the formation? Uh, the Emory and Henry is just a, another different formation. It sort of spreads the field. It gets the linemen way out uh, to each side. Uh, and it's just, a, like I said, a change of pace, something that the other team has to work on uh, when they see it on uh, tape the next week. They'll spend maybe five minutes trying to have a defense for the Emory and Henry, then you may not uh, use it that week. So you, they've wasted about five minutes of practice time <laughs> as part of the, doing that also. But sometimes when you're struggling, uh, you got to do something different. And uh, it's just a couple of quick screens to either side, or you can run the ball uh, with a, one running back and a couple of guards and so forth. We'll draw it up a little bit later in the program. Good. That's great. Um, Michael in Tampa says, uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit, Coach, but you talked about the 50th reunion of the 69-49ers. Uh, who'd you run into? You mentioned uh, John Brody. Some other guys maybe you ran into at the event you can talk about. Yeah, John Brody, I played behind him for about seven years there. In fact, uh, I had a chance to thank him for being the starter and, and maybe giving me a chance to, to get 10 years in the NFL. That's hard to do. And uh, if I wasn't a backup quarterback, I probably wouldn't have lasted that long, Steve. So anyway, it's good to, to be able to tell John thanks for being the quarterback and, and helping me there. Ted Qualick, our tight end, was there. Uh, Larry Schreiber, a fullback, played a bit. Uh, but other than that, we only had about uh, five or six guys that played from uh, like 69 to 75 right in that era. Uh, most of the guys coming back were guys who played in the late 70s and uh, 80s and so forth and a few from the 90s. Okay. So I didn't know a lot of those guys. Uh, Arnold in Fort Myers, coach, says, I know you're no stranger to the gym. How do you stay motivated to stay in the gym? I don't feel very well unless I, I go work out uh, most every day. In fact, I missed about two days in a row, so I can't wait to get into the workout room uh, this afternoon sometime to sort of get back where I feel like I need to be. And then uh, the final one, Edward in Orlando, Coach, says you've always talked about what a big game Florida-Georgia is to the Gators' season. What was your secret to secure so many wins over Georgia? Well, the secret is to play better now and uh, get a lot of good players and make sure your players are totally ready to play. That's it. I think Shane will tell you our guys look forward to that game. We really did. And uh, just like any game, if we uh, play our best and make the other team not play very well, we've got a really good chance to win the game. So we went into that realizing uh, to win the SEC, that was crucial. We needed to beat those guys. Uh, we also had to beat Alabama later on. But uh, to get to the Alabama game, you got to beat the Bulldogs. So uh, we just had a little bit better players, I think, than they did, and we were ready to play yeah, every time also. 
I want to ask you both about this game Saturday because I mentioned this earlier. Not that Florida isn't getting respect. They're in the top ten. But it just seems because Florida isn't flashy or doesn't, you know, wow you maybe on, on the offensive side of the ball that people think this is sort of a pedestrian team. But let me start with you, Shane. As you look at the matchup here, what do you think are some keys for Florida to win the game? Well, I think the biggest key for us winning this game is stopping their run. Uh, that's what Georgia wants to do. And usually, you know, when you have a defensive plan, you, you try to take one area of the game away. And, and you know, we all know their, their struggles in the passing game, whatever the reason is. You know, Fromm is a really good college player, very accurate, but their their scheme or design or whatever has been lacking in the passing game. So I think for us to win this game, you know, DeAndre Swift, they're, they're going to get their yards. We just can't give up the big play. They're going to break some tackles, but we can't let them break every tackle. Uh, we got a gang tackle, but I think that's the key to the game for me is stopping DeAndre Swift. Yeah, I agree with Shane. We got to stop their run game, uh, try to make them throw it, and uh, and then pressure the quarterback. That's always a good plan right there. Steve, when you were coaching, much has been said about the, the blueprint or the game plan that Will had, you know, defensively in, in helping to stop Georgia because Fromm threw the ball 52 times, which they don't like to do. Can you as a coach take from that blueprint? Do coaches do that, look at that tape mm-hmm. and go, hey, you know, this was successful, maybe we can do that too? Well, certainly you look and see what a, another team did that was successful, and, and then you have it ready to go. Uh, but the other the team might say, hey, this didn't work very well. We're going to make some adjustments also. Sure. But, uh, yeah, you got to go into the ball game. Shane will tell you, we went into the every game's flexible. Okay, here's our plan. But if they may want to blitz us every play. Well, we got a plan for if they want to blitz every play. They might want to play way back and rush three guys. Well, we got a plan for that also. So that that's the way you approach games. Whatever the other team wants to do, hopefully we've got a plan, a ball play that is good against that. And Shane, the, the, the Georgia now they may get Cager back, you know, the transfer from Miami, and he's been a good receiver for them. But they've had trouble getting separation. They've had trouble, and you can see from just looking and looking, he's holding the ball. So how do you, if you can't get separation with your receivers, how do you counteract that offensively? Well, you know, you have to watch the tape to try to see what they're doing. But but I saw a stat, and I don't have the percentages exactly, but especially in the South Carolina game. Against zone coverage, Fromm was like 60%. Against man coverage, it was down like 15% completion. So that tells me there, you know, whether it's the route combinations, the scheme, if you're playing man, you have to run away from the defender. You can't run a hitch and expect to complete it. You know, their big go-to play is the back shoulder fade, which Fromm throws very well. So, you know, it comes down to can they get a – separation from our two elite corners i don't think they can now again other teams have kind of picked on our nickel guy and our safeties at time but i think if we play a lot of zone Fromm's going to dink and dunk and pick us apart i think we're going to need to play some man coverage and see if they can get separation you know there's a there's a stat um and i think i'm right in this that florida has won six mullins coached 21 games here 17 and four pretty good six of those games guys Florida has trailed in the fourth quarter and come back to win. I think that says something about the character of this team 
and, and, and not giving up and, and finding ways to win games late. Would you all agree with that? Uh, definitely. And uh, our strength conditioning coach, Nick Savage, uh, deserves a lot of credit for that. These guys are in good shape. And they, uh, they've owned the fourth quarter. I saw a stat uh, on another team in the conference that almost the opposite. Uh, they give up a whole bunch of points in the fourth quarter, and that's why they got a losing record right now. But, uh, yeah, our fourth quarter play has been outstanding. And it, and it goes – I agree with Coach, and it goes back to what Coach used to always tell us. You know, good things are going to happen, bad things are going to happen, just keep playing. I mean, because they have good players. So I, I think sometimes, you know, when, when we fall behind, fans, you know, kind of – I don't want to say they give up – but it goes to show a lot that this coaching staff, they make good adjustments. The kids keep playing hard because uh, the bottom line is what's the, what's the final score? So uh, they're, they're finding ways to win. I know fans who saw your team's play, Steve, and the offenses and the numbers you put up offensively speak for themselves. But here's a good stat, too. Gator offense is averaging at least 400 total yards per game through its first eight games for the first time in 10 years. And th that may not be, you know, something that's a lot, but it certainly is an improvement. And the other thing I think is, too, that th they seek balance. They don't when, – when things don't go right in the run, it may be three yards here, two yards here, but all of a sudden, bam, 75 yards. They don't give up on the run, right, Coach? We've had some long runs, <laughs> one against Auburn and, and then the one against South Carolina, crucial. Uh, those long runs are, are really helpful to an offense. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what Dan's going to do. I mean, if you go back and you look at every game, there's not much difference in runs and passes. And I hear it all the time as well as y'all do at the grocery store, gas station, whatever. Why do we keep trying to run between the tackles? And we're, but there's a rhyme or reason why they're doing that. Let's do our Team of the Week now, guys, brought to you by Celebration Point, where Gators come to celebrate. Shane, I'll start with you. Team my, of the week. My team of the week is going to be the Horn Frogs of TCU. Uh, had a big win at home. They're they're kind of having a lack, lackluster year, uh, but they beat a, a ranked Texas team at home. So uh, it goes to TCU for me. Mine is believe it or not, Indiana, because Indiana is six and two in the Big Ten. Just got through beating Scott Frost and Nebraska, and their coach is a guy named Tom Allen. That you know is yeah. not exactly a household name. But the Hoosiers are 6-2, and two and they're already eligible to go to a bowl game. So they're my team of the week. Okay, I'm going to take Kansas State. Had the huge upset over Oklahoma. Their coach, uh, Chris Kleiman, uh, he came from North Dakota State. And if you follow football, you'll know North Dakota State has won that division two or three, whatever it is, national championship a bunch of times. And this guy was the coach up there. Brings a winning tradition. He knows how to win. He's got Kansas State – Six and two, something like that, I think, now. So you'd think athletic directors, when they're looking to hire a coach, they'd look at some of these proven head coaches at a uh, smaller level because those guys, if they do it year after year after year, they know what they're doing. We'll take a break, come back. We're going to have our uh, coach of the week, and we're going to have Chalk Talk where Coach is going to drop a couple of plays to show you and a lot more to come about Florida, Georgia. We'll take a look around the SEC, too, and some of the other games coming up around the country, including Miami and Florida State this week. You're listening and watching Inside the Huddle, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. 
Everyone is raving about Titan MRI. With the highest rated MRI facilities in town, Titan MRI is the place to go. Titan MRI is the only locally owned and operated MRI center in town. Joe and his staff have more than two decades of experience in Gainesville, and they'll help heal thousands of athletes in the local area. At Titan MRI, the average scan time is 10 to 15 minutes, so you'll have plenty of time to get back to living a life pain-free. Don't wait. Tell your doctor to refer you to Titan MRI or call them today at 672-6644. Levántate con el mejor café cubana y comida cubana norte de Miami. Uh, I need the English version today, please. Wake up to the best Cuban food and coffee north of Miami with Miapa Latin Cafe. Their breakfast sandwiches and arepas are made using the most authentic ingredients. Enjoy Cuban classics like ropa vieja and arroz con pollo. With great food, affordable prices, and friendly service from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day, you can't beat the Miapa way. Visit them in either of their locations in Gainesville and Alachua. Miapa Latin Cafe, a proud supporter of the Florida Gators. Hi, I'm Coach Steve Spurrier, and I am a member of the Campus USA Credit Union. The Gator Nation has been counting on Campus USA Credit Union for over 80 years. Campus supports the Gators and our community. Campus membership is open to all UF students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Come see why over 100,000 members, like me, count on Campus USA Credit Union. So put some star power to work in your financial life. Visit CampusCU.com and join today. Hi, I'm Mark Herman with Mark Herman Company Heating and Air. If you're a Gator fan, you know the phrase, in all kinds of weather. That can mean different things to different people. For example, when I was playing center for the Gator football team back in the early 80s, I loved hearing the crowd singing. It meant they appreciated our hard work and were standing behind us, win or lose. Now as the owner of my own business, the meaning has changed. It means that my team and I stick behind our customers. So if you'd like to save money on your utility bill, give our team a call and see how much we can save you. 378-9422. Hi, this is the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. Join me, Shane Matthews, and Steve Russell every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. for Inside the Huddle. We talk about the Florida Gators and all things in college football. You won't want to miss a minute. You can also listen to the show anytime at WRUF.com or listen to us on iTunes. Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Worry less with crime prevention security systems by preventing package theft with their doorbell camera. Contact them today at cpss.net. Welcome back to our Inside the Huddle podcast today. We're going to talk a lot about uh, Florida, Georgia coming up. We're going to take you uh, some places around uh, the SEC into some of the games coming up this weekend that are big games. But now we're going to do our Coach of the Week that's brought to you by, brought to you by Miapa Latin Cafe, the best Cuban coffee in Gator Country. What do you got, Shane? I'm going with Mark Stoops up in Lexington. I, the, the, his team is playing so hard, Steve. Uh, you know, Bowden again, wide receiver playing quarterback. They beat – what everybody thinks is a very good Missouri. I mean, they beat them down. They did. Uh, you know, they hardly complete any passes, but uh, they're playing extremely hard, and uh, Mark Stoops is my coach of the week. You know what? I, what I really love to see is just what you're talking about when it comes to a team. They're, they're down quarterbacks. They could make an excuse. You know, there goes our season. Instead, what Stoops has built there and what he's done there to keep that team together – and then the other guy I want to mention, he's not going to be my coach, but I'm going to mention him, is Lovey Smith. Three weeks ago, they were going to fire him. 
Now they played Michigan tough, and all of a sudden they've got two straight wins. They're four and four, and they're bowl eligible at this point. But coach of the week, the grass eater, Les Miles. Because, look, Kansas, you know, hadn't won a whole lot, and they got one conference win, and that's a lot more than what they normally get. So Les Miles, Kansas, my coach of the week. Okay. Yeah, I'm going back to my K-State coach, Chris Kleiman. Uh, He's got a saying that he tells his guys, I I think, every day, win the dang day. Wake up in the morning and tell yourself, I'm going to win this dang day. And I like that. That's pretty good uh, for all of us. Wake up and say, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to try to help somebody today. I'm going to be upbeat, enthusiastic, and I'm going to win this day. And that's a good idea for all of us. Sure is. Um, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of time to think about your top four as we go into this week. Um, But I would also – say this in terms of you know some games last week before we get to the top four guys I want to ask you about LSU and Auburn because Auburn we all saw that here Auburn defensively is so good and and I look we don't see their practices every day I don't know how good Joey Gatewood is or how good Bo Nix is but Mm -hmm. that would be an absolutely they would be they'd be LSU if they had an offense yeah it's surprising I mean uh, their their plan, I thought, for the entire game that Kevin Steele came up with, you know, they went to a three man front and they stacked their backers and they kept everything in front of them and they were blitzing the different backers so the offensive line from LSU didn't know where they were coming from. You know, they sacked him a few times, but just the look confused Burrow at times. You know, he was dinking and dunking, but I thought Auburn had a great plan defensively, mm-hmm. just offensively. You know. Bo Nix, good athlete, coach's son, understands the game, but just he, he's not getting it done in the passing game, and I, I don't quite understand why Gatewood hasn't been given a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, Auburn played them tough, no question about it, and uh, talk about just one play. You know, the kid broke the long run and stepped out of bounds on about the nine-yard line, and, of course, Auburn had to kick a field goal. They couldn't run it in, which they kept trying uh, down inside the five-yard line. So that was a big play in the game. Uh, but uh, LSU, uh, yeah, they're a good team that didn't have their best stuff that day and, and still got a win. So uh, I think it was uh, uh, good on their part, very good. I thought it was also interesting that some of the uh, Auburn fans said the swamp was a lot louder than Death Valley. That was for sure after the game. I, I read that in the paper today. Yeah. Um, let's take a look at some of the games coming up this week. How about Miami and Florida State in Tallahassee? Uh, now, give FSU credit. They got a good win. Now, Syracuse is not even close to the team it was last year, but they did win at home. And Miami is – think about it. You know, week one, everybody thought, well, this Miami team might be pretty good. You know, they played Florida pretty tough. But once again, they've got quarterback issues, not sure who to play at the position. So uh, who do you like, Miami at Florida State? Well, we, we still need Florida State to win a few more games, Steve. So, so – uh, <laughs> They'll, they'll keep that guy around. But uh, I like Florida State at home. I just think Miami's got a lot of issues. I think both teams do. It's, it's probably who doesn't turn the ball over is going to win the game. Somebody needs to call Coach Bobby Bowden and Coach Denny Erickson and just ask them if they're <laughs> even going to watch this game on television. This they may week. be honorary captains, Coach. <laughs> I wonder if they even watch this game. But uh, it should be a good game, though. It should be a pretty close one. Um, it's interesting, too, uh, when you look around. It's not a great week. But, Coach, uh, SMU and Memphis, and 
Game day is going to be at Memphis, so congratulations to Memphis. But SMU is one of those teams that just hadn't lost. They're just kind of hanging around. Yeah, they are undefeated. And, uh, of course, all the radio boys talk about all the time should they have a shot at getting in the Final Four and the playoffs and all that. And if they're not going to allow the uh, group of five teams in the playoff, they ought to have their own national championship. Uh, you know, Division Two and three has their national championships. Right now, uh, SMU and those guys, they, they may go undefeated the whole year like UCF, and, well, we can proclaim ourselves the champs, but uh, it's not fair. Everyone should have a shot at the, their national championships. So uh, hopefully someday they will be included in the big picture or else they'll have their own uh, format. Yeah, I like that idea, Coach. Uh, but yeah, SMU they they have a good little team. You know their their style of play. They got Shane Bouchelle, who's the uh, Texas transfer, really good player. They got a I think a wide receiver named Proche or something like that. I mean, he's an NFL guy. So uh, fun team to watch. So it'll be interesting to see. It's amazing that game's the the seven thirty game with Herb Street and Chris Fowler calling it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Coach, I, I have been advocating that for a long time, and, and I'm happy to hear you say that because. The, the the teams that aren't power five have such a dilemma you know they want to be included in the in the party mm-hmm. but so then they don't want to separate so to speak because they still want that entree in there well there's only two ways that's ever going to happen one is if a team is unbeaten and and plays somebody really good and gets a big win over them or two if the field is expanded you know there's more teams in the playoff so you know we'll see if that happens um, when we come back, we're going to have Chalk Talk with Coach Spurrier. He's going to draw up a couple of plays here. We're going to zero in on Florida and Georgia and uh, a whole lot more coming. So stay with us inside the huddle, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Everyone is raving about Titan MRI. With the highest rated MRI facilities in town, Titan MRI is the place to go. Titan MRI is the only locally owned and operated MRI center in town. Joe and his staff have more than two decades of experience in Gainesville, and they'll help heal thousands of athletes in the local area. At Titan MRI, the average scan time is 10 to 15 minutes, so you'll have plenty of time to get back to living a life pain-free. Don't wait. Tell your doctor to refer you to Titan MRI or call them today at 672-6644. Hey, man, what are you doing for the Gator game? I'm pumped up. A bunch of us are getting together early to tailgate all day on campus. You should come by. Cool. You grilling out? What? No way. And have to deal with all the messy cleanup? Forget that. We're having Moe's cater our game day tailgate. Moe's? I love Moe's. I didn't know they offered game day tailgate delivery. Yep, Moe's delivers everything you need. Napkins, plates, utensils, even free chips and salsa. Delivery is free for orders $175 or more. Just place your order at Moe'sCateringFL.com. That's Moe'sCateringFL.com. Have Moe's cater your game day tailgate. Just visit Moe'sCateringFL.com and go Gators. Hi, this is Coach Spurrier here, and I have some great news for the Gator Nation. Our new restaurant, Spurrier's, is coming to Celebration Point in June of 2020. Spurrier's is going to be a restaurant to celebrate, and there's no better place for celebrations than Celebration Point in Gainesville. With prime premium destinations like Bass Pro Shop, Nike, Palmetto Moon, and Regal Cinemas, I am beyond thrilled to be a part of Celebration Point. Spurrier's is going to be a one-of-a-kind restaurant with an exciting atmosphere and amazing food. I'll see you at Celebration Point, where the Gators go to celebrate. 
Hi, I'm Coach Steve Spurrier, and I am a member of the Campus USA Credit Union. The Gator Nation has been counting on Campus USA Credit Union for over 80 years. Campus supports the Gators and our community. Campus membership is open to all UF students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Come see why over 100,000 members, like me, count on Campus USA Credit Union. So put some star power to work in your financial life. Visit CampusCU.com and join today. Hi, this is the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. Join me, Shane Matthews, and Steve Russell every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. for Inside the Huddle. We talk about the Florida Gators and all things in college football. You won't want to miss a minute. You can also listen to the show anytime at WRUF.com or listen to us on iTunes. Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. At Titan MRI, no insurance is no problem. And Titan MRI has same-day scheduling available. So call them up. Start feeling better today. That's TitanMRI.com. All right, I'm going to give Coach a chance to... uh come up and draw plays here. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to Coach Spurrier in our Chalk Talk segment. Okay, everybody's wanting to see the Emory and Henry, and this is, uh, this is the Emory and Henry formation. Uh, we use this, oh, two or three times a year. And basically all you do is you spread your tackles out on both sides and uh, two ends and then two wide receivers, and you still got a quarterback and, and a running back. Uh, most teams sort of spread out with you. They sort of uh, uh, have some guys here, usually a couple guys back here, a couple guys here and here and so forth. So it should be sort of a five short, uh, another guy, well, a couple of guys in here and so forth. And then they, uh, if they play like that, you just sort of fire it out here and, and get a bunch of blockers. So we, we try to get them spread out, these guys and so forth. Now against uh, Georgia in, uh, I think it was 96, we brought Redell Anthony in right here, and they played sort of a cover two, and we just ran these guys down through here, and he had a linebacker covering him, and, uh, and Danny threw him a touchdown against the Georgia Bulldogs from the Henry and Henry formation back in 96. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah, the, the great thing about that is it makes the defense think it's all a numbers game. You know, football's numbers. If they got too many dudes spread out, you turn around and hand the ball. If they got them packed in there, you throw the wide receiver screen, and coach put in this special play right here. So, uh, you know, it's it's always fun when you scheme up a play and it works. Yeah, what uh, what, what you do, you know, you can run this guy, and or, or the quarterback can keep it, or he fakes it and you need to throw it out here or throw it out there. And these guys, if it's thrown their way, then they block him, he blocks him, and away we go. And, and what usually happens is the defense calls timeout, and, right. and you, they waste the timeout. I was going to – Coach, I was going to ask, too. though, yeah. let's use Danny in this case. Um, when he – when that, that play is called and you go to the line of scrimmage, does he then read the – does he audible? What, what play does he call based on the defense? Well, if, if a run play is called – then he can still throw it out to gotcha. either side. Gotcha. Uh, if he wants to check to a pass play, then he could do that also. Gotcha. That's cool. That's that's really cool. Coach doesn't right. remember this. When I was coaching middle school, Shane, he drew that up for me. I asked him for it, and he drew it up for me. And we used it. We used it. Somebody asked me that the other day. They said, where, where did you first see that? And I said, I first saw this formation 
when I was a kid living in Athens, Tennessee, I think I was in the fourth grade, and my dad took me to a ball game between Emory and Henry and Tennessee Westland. And they ran that formation right there. And I said, what are they doing? And <laughs> people in the stand said, that's the Emory and Henry formation. How about that? And I said, I'll be dang. If I'm ever a coach, I'm going to use that somewhere. So I got a chance to do it uh, about 50, 40 years later or whatever. That's really pretty cool. Um, hope you enjoyed the Chalk Talk segment because uh, I sure do. Maybe, Coach, maybe next week you can draw up the play that you saw in San Francisco, too. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, he, something, uh, now, if, if Coach is saying he's never seen it before, that's a heck of a play. Well, I'm telling you, Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers has done a lot of stuff I've never seen before. He's, he's very creative. Yeah, it was, the, well, it was the jet sweep play, and then sometimes you fake the jet sweep and pitch it out, you know, back the other way. And he did both of those, and then they had a guy coming up like an inside trap play also that uh, Debo Samuel, uh, our wide receiver from South Carolina, ran for a touchdown. We'll draw that one up next week, okay? Yes, that'd be cool. Um, I want to ask you both this. Um, I, you know, I'm sure you've heard um, about the legislation in California that is going to, if it's going to happen, allowing athletes to be paid for rights to their names, images, uh, and or likenesses. And now the NCAA is going to meet today in Atlanta uh, to discuss this. It's the first time I think the NCAA has formally met since this whole thing. Coach, I'll start with you. I, I've always felt that a, that a player should be able to get paid for the use of their likeness. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I do too. Uh, how do you regulate it? It's a big thing. Uh, and if it gets involved in recruiting, well, if you come to our place, we've got this deal over here. You're going to make uh, 50000 a year. Yeah. And next girl says, well, we got a deal over here. We're going to pay you 75000 uh, if you come to our place. So that uh, that's not what you want to get into. I don't know how you stop that part of it. If they could regulate it to a point where after players get to a school and somehow or another they can make some money uh, doing uh, promotional stuff and so forth, uh, I, I think that's fine. But what people uh, they don't understand is the p players are all getting a little bit of money now. You know, they get that cost of attendance thing that we fought for back in about 2013-14, which is about 4000 to 4500 a year. All scholarship athletes get that. So they got spending money. They've got that. Now, should they able to make some more money? Yeah, I think they should, but it's going to be difficult to regulate it. Yeah, I mean, Coach knows about this subject a lot more than I do. I just know back in my playing days, there was no cost of attendance. And, you know, kids got tired of eating in the dining hall. Kids wanted to go to the movie. Some kids – you know, whatever family they came from couldn't order a pizza at night. They couldn't go, they didn't have enough quarters to go put in the laundry machine. So times have changed. And I believe scholarship athletes weren't allowed to work back in those days either in the summer. So it's, uh, you know, the, the cost of attendance has definitely helped. But, there, but I agree. There, how do you regulate who gets paid what? I think coaches right on this. And, and because if you don't have something that's for everybody, uniform, and national coach is absolutely right school x is going to say well they're offering you 60 we're we'll offering you 70 we'll offer you 80 where, where does that stop mm -hmm. so to me if the if the central idea is to pay a kid for his likeness then then cap it that this way it can't go over anything else there still may be a difference between schools you know what they can offer but at least 
it won't be where it's going to keep going up and up and up. But I'm interested to see what the NCA does here because they have steadfastly opposed this. Yeah, they'll they're still argue against it. It doesn't come into play for another, what, three years? It was four years. Now it's been about three and a half years, I think, is when it's yep. supposed to kick in. So a lot can happen between now and then. All right. Now let's get back to what we know best here. Um, let's talk about top four teams going into this weekend because let's face it Oklahoma's loss last week shakes things up a little bit and now there are you know it's one fewer team that uh, hasn't hasn't been beaten so whoever wants to start top four go ahead I'll do mine you know I think with Oklahoma losing Steve it, it possibly allows now two SEC teams getting in Eventually, but right now my top four in no order is Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, and Clemson. Pretty simple. Yeah, my top four now it is getting more simple. I got LSU at, at the top just because they've beaten better teams, I think. And Ohio State, uh, they're next, and then Alabama and Clemson. Uh, you got to put them in there. And the winner of the Florida Georgia game is going to creep into that top four. I'm going to predict also. Yeah. Um, I agree with Coach in the sense of I think LSU. If if the committee and that's going to come into play here shortly, you know that that those rankings will come out shortly. If the committee values strength of schedule, well, Coach, you're right. LSU has beaten some very very good teams, and Alabama hadn't really played anybody, and Clemson really hadn't played anybody either. But they've not lost, and you know I guess that I guess the next team that's going to have a gripe, guys, is Penn State. Because they have, they don't have a loss, they will get Minnesota next week, who's also an unbeaten. So PJ Fleck gets a chance to flex his muscles in Minnesota a little bit. Yeah, but you know it, it's it should all work itself out eventually. Because doesn't Penn State still have to play Ohio State? Yes. So and then they got the big you know the Big Ten championship game. But I do agree with Coach. I think you know the winner Saturday in Jacksonville uh, will be highly ranked when those mm-hmm. those those uh playoff rankings come out next week yeah sometimes it just don't seem fair does it Steve? No. i don't know if alabama's played a ranked team in yeah. the top 25 if they played a team that's in the top 25 and you look at auburn i mean you just can't play the gauntlet they've played they played oregon they played florida and lsu already and uh it's obvious they're not gonna have and they've played a they've beaten the a&m who's still a ranked team i believe yeah so a&m okay yeah that's that's it yeah. and you know here's here's gonna be the other thing that's going to be interesting, I think. Um, let's say, I mean, somebody has to lose at LSU and Auburn. Oh, I'm sorry, LSU and Alabama, mm-hmm. right? So somebody's going to have one loss. So what if Florida wins the East and plays that team that's unbeaten, right? Well, suppose that's LSU. Well, LSU's going to make the argument, hey, we only have one loss, and that's to a top maybe five team in Florida – but doesn't the SEC champion with one loss have to be in that equation? I, I think say so. I think the SEC champ, regardless of how many losses they have, is going. I mean, it, I don't I, see, I don't see a two loss champ first of all because I think whoever wins between Florida Georgia this week, I think they will have so much on the table that there's no way. You know, we have Vanderbilt and Missouri left. I, I don't even know Georgia still has to play Auburn, right? So. I, I think if we win, I think our coaches and our kids will mm. still have the goals set that 
you know, we'll get to Atlanta. We'll, we'll have a good path, put it that way. We still got to go play, obviously, but uh, yeah, it is a huge game this week, no question about it. And uh, whatever happens on the other side, we'll just have to wait on that. But yeah, Auburn, oh, they had a difficult schedule all year. It's just almost impossible for them to keep going through all those guys. Uh, we'll take a break and come back, and we'll really zero in on Florida, Georgia, and get uh, thoughts on who's going to win this game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Inside the Huddle, ESPN. 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Crime Prevention Security Systems has provided security and life safety to families and businesses in Gainesville and surrounding areas since 1975. Their mobile app makes security and home automation easy to use and affordable. With fast access to lighting control, doorbell cameras, and thermostats, crime prevention and security, and so much more. Contact them today, 352-376-1499 or cpss.net. I'm Steve Spurrier, sometimes called the head ball coach, and I'm here to tell you I got the SUV that I drive from Davis. Yeah, Coach, the word is out, and everybody is loving what's going on at Davis Gainesville Chevrolet and Palm Chevrolet down in Ocala. I stopped by each of the dealerships last week and saw tremendous deals all over the place and also all over the place, orange and blue. What's that mean, Coach? If you bleed orange and blue, Davis is the place for you. Davis Automotive Group, the official hometown automotive partner of the Florida Gators. Levántate con el mejor café cubana y comida cubana norte de Wake up to the best Cuban food and coffee north of Miami with Miapa Latin Cafe. Their breakfast sandwiches and arepas are made using the most authentic ingredients. Enjoy Cuban classics like ropa vieja and arroz con pollo. With great food, affordable prices, and friendly service from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day, you can't beat the Miapa way. Visit them at either of their locations in Gainesville and Alachua. Miapa Latin Cafe, a proud supporter of the Florida Gators. It's football season, and you know what that means. Endless circling to find a parking spot. Not if you're on two wheels. Gainesville Harley-Davidson has the ride for you, and their 2020 lineup is one that any Gator fan would stand up and cheer for. Check out Livewire, Harley's first electric bike with seamless throttle experience. No clutch to release, no gears to run through. You just twist and go. Get in the game at Gainesville Harley-Davidson. Go to GainesvilleHarley.com. Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Connect more with crime prevention security systems and easily view cameras at your home or business. Contact them today at cpss.net. Welcome back to our final segment of Inside the Huddle. We're going to just very quickly touch on the NFL a little because the trade deadline is today. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if any blockbusters will be made or not, but, boy, it just seems like there's the haves and the have-nots in the NFL. The 49ers, the Packers are doing great. And there's some other, you know, the Browns are supposed to be all that. They've been kind of a disappointment. You wonder if some of these teams that aren't the Bengals, the Redskins, will pull the trigger and trade some of these guys. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I, I saw where the uh, 49ers traded for Emmanuel Sanders, who's an established wide receiver. I think he, he definitely will help that team. He called a touchdown. In fact, he called a touchdown last week, uh, opening drive for the 49ers. Yeah, they're a very good team, and I, I, I predict they, they can go a long way in the playoffs also. All right, let's um, – We'll end here talking about the, this Florida-Georgia game. And 
you, you look at Georgia, and look, they've got talent. They've got, you know, for whatever the rankings are worth, five-star guys. And I think people forget, too, that when you have a bye week in Gainesville, you also have a bye week in Athens. I mean, they're, they're working on things, too, that mm-hmm. they don't think have gone particularly right. Coach, how much can you change what you do in a bye week on either side of the ball? I don't think you change a whole bunch of stuff. You know, add two or three plays here or there, uh, maybe a run play, a couple of pass plays, something like that. But uh, execution, taking care of the ball, all those kind of things. Uh, I always just believe whoever plays the best, you know, is going to win the game. So as a coach, you just you try to get your guys mentally, physically, emotionally ready to, to play our best and play smart, aggressive, and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, enjoy competing, have fun out there, and let's go get them. <laughs> well, you know, you can't change a whole lot. You know, you, you can change stuff if you want. But here, here's what it comes down to, and we've talked about it many times, Steve. It's play calling. It's knowing we, – we, everybody has the same plays, a few wrinkles here and there. It's knowing when to call it and how you've coached it. And Georgia can put in all these great pass plays, but are they going to know when to call them or are they going to be scared to call them? And I think that's why when you look at, at Coach Mullen – I don't want to say he's a risk taker, but sometimes you have to be a risk taker and roll the dice sometimes to make mm-hmm. play calls. And he's done a great job of it. You know, the only one that's kind of backfired was the fake punt against Auburn this year. So I, I just I like our coaching advantage. Mm-hmm. And like Coach said, if we don't turn it over, if you play better, I don't care how many five stars they got, we should win. Play smart and uh, have fun and go after them and, and just play better than the other guy. That's what I try to get our guys to do. I'm wondering – uh, guys, that we might see a little bit more of Emory Jones in this game simply mm-hmm. because of what Bowden did in the rain running against Georgia. He ran for 99 yards and averaged 5.8 yards a carry You know, in that wildcat formation. And that was when you had no threat mm-hmm. to throw the ball, number one, because the weather was bad, and number two, because you know, he's not an established passer. Could we see more of Jones in this game? I mean, he played last year, yeah. which surprised me a little bit. But, you know, I, I think it's Kyle Trask's team. If yeah. Dan or whatever, if they see something on tape that they feel like they can take advantage, whether it's his running skills. And, and he's not a bad thrower. I mean, he's thrown the ball more. We talked about this. Mm-hmm. He's thrown the ball more than he's, than he's run it this yeah. year. People don't realize that. So, you know, they're going to do – Whatever it takes to win the game. Yeah, what we've been doing is pretty good, Steve. Yeah. I don't think, oh, let's play Emory half the game. No, I don't think we'll do that. I think we'll play your best players, players that got us in this position, and now let's let's keep playing a little bit better as we go. And that's what the team has done. You know, I, I told you what Gary, uh, Greg McElroy said about Florida being the most improved team from the first game to now. And, and we may be the most improved in the country, Ted. So if we keep going on that pace, hey, good things can happen for the Gators. Let's end with uh, your impressions of Kyle Trask's continue, continuing development. It, well, first of all, Kyle's got that disposition of a, a leader. Uh, the players all look up to him, respect him. He, he does things the right way. He, he sp- spreads all the glory to his teammates and his coaches, things of that nature. So he's well-liked. And uh, players, coaches, you all got to like each other, love each other. And when that happens within a team, then you have a chance to achieve so much. And uh, Kyle Trask, certainly as a quarterback, gives that to his team. 
I have to agree with what Coach said. I mean, not only at the quarterback position, but it just seems like the kids on this team all support one another. You know, sometimes, especially at the, re- the receivers, we got so many of them, mm-hmm. you know, especially at that position, guys start pouting if they're not getting touchdowns or what have you. It seems like they're all playing for one another. And anytime that happens, good things will happen for your football team. But Kyle's been great. I mean, for a guy that doesn't have much experience, he's played extremely well. How do you see this game unfolding? Steve, I think it's going to be a it's going to be a classic. I mean, this is both teams sitting at seven. So much at stake. Uh, I mean, this is what college football is all about. I get chills just thinking about it. Um, but I really think we're the better football team overall. Um, if we stop number seven and make them throw the football, we win. I agree. We got to stop them from running the ball up and down the field. That's uh, the big thing we got to do. And then, uh, yeah, just play our game. Our receivers, like Shane says, I, th- I think we got as good a group as anybody in the country at wide receiver. And uh, they got to make their plays like they've been doing. And uh, Kyle, take care of the ball back there. And he's done a lot better since that Auburn game, not letting people knock it out of his hands. So he's gotten better. The whole team has. Defense has to play, our kickers, our punters. Heck, that punt down to the 2-3 yard line against South Carolina. Huge play in that game. We were behind uh, when that happened, and it flipped the field, and then it was all us uh, the rest of the fourth quarter. So a lot can happen. Uh, players just and coaches, everybody just stays in the game from first play to the last play. And you know, it's going to be fun too to see Georgia's big offensive line going, and hopefully Zuniga and Grenard are at full strength and can mm-hmm. play. I'm loving to see that what that matchup is going to be like. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, that's what they want to do: lean on you. But if we're gap, if our gap integrity is there, they're going to make some yards. But but again, I think. You know, we may not be as big as them, but with Grenard and Zuniga hopefully playing, their experience and just savvy on that side of the ball can cause that offensive line some problems. Okay. We uh, are going to just about uh, end our Inside the Huddle podcast today. Don't forget, um, next week, I'm sure you've heard already, but Vanderbilt's going to be a noon game here in Gainesville as the Commodores come to town. But, you know, Coach will tell you, that game is just as important to win. It's an SEC game, right, Coach? You got to win those. Well, you got to win all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all important. You only play uh, 12 in a regular season, hopefully, some postseason games. So I used to tell everybody in our team, Shane will tell you, I said, whatever our record is, when the season's over, you're going to wear that record on your forehead till we play again. <laughs> so you got about five months or six months to wear that thing. So shoot, yeah, they're all important. Thanks to producer Jake Hitt for his work today. We thank you for tuning in, watching, listening, however you're doing it. We'll do Sports Scene at noon. We'll talk much more about Florida, Georgia, and Chuck Dowell from the Georgia Radio Network will join us as well to talk about them. Dogs. For Steve Spurrier and Shane Matthews, I'm Steve Russell. See you later. It's a hard reality to know you're getting older, but we all have to go through it, and with it comes aches and pains with every single step, it seems like. But the good part is the pains are fixable if you take the time to stop by Titan MRI. There's lots of us out there that think we can handle the pain or it'll eventually go away, but what you may not realize, you could be ruining yourself for many years to come. So if you're just scared, don't be. Go see Joe and the crew at Titan MRI. Their entire mindset is finding out what you need to feel better, and the process is as easy as walking into the swamp and smiling. With an average scan time of just 10 to 15 minutes, you can knock it out on your lunch break before the boss even knows you're gone. Titan MRI is the only locally owned and operated MRI center in town, and their staff has more than 
than 20 years of experience in the Gainesville community. And if you're worried about not having insurance, don't be. That's never a problem at Titan MRI. And they'll even have your scan read same day. So tell your doctor, refer you to Titan MRI, or call them at 672-6644 today. It's intercepted by Florida. Touchdown! Thanks for listening to Inside the Huddle with former Gator QB Shane Matthews, WRUF's Steve Russell, and Hall of Famer, the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. If you'd like to ask Coach a question, email your questions to questions at insidethehuddlehbc.com. Podcasts are available at WRUF.com, the WRUF app, and anywhere you get your podcasts. What? Picked up by the Gators at the 35. Touchdown! Inside the Huddle is paid for by Weeby Marketing and produced by the University of Florida's ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.